Welcome, everybody. I'm Chris Miller, author of the number one best-selling book, Ready for Pre-Tirement, Three Secrets for Safe Money and a Fabulous Future. I'm so honored to be the host of this show called Ready, Set, Retire. In this show, your vision will be transformed, and I will show you how to have safe money and a fabulous future. I've counseled thousands of individuals, businesses, and families over the past 20-plus years, and I'm proud to say I've never lost $1 of my clients' money. I will share these secrets that I've learned over two decades that only a few rich know how to do. Most Americans are not prepared for their golden years. But pre-retirement is plan retirement early so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. So you can have a great retirement, but retirement is a state of mind, or I call it an estate of mind, which means that you have to have good health and you have to have peace of mind and good relationships to have a wonderful retirement. Today, I'm so honored to have Ariel Ford. She's going to be my guest today, and she's going to share with you some really great things from her new book, and Wasabi Sabi. And um, Ariel, she's been 25 years really amazing promoting conscious thought through forms and media. She's the author and of the international bestseller, The Soulmate Secret, Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction, known as the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. Today she's going to talk with us about her new book, Wasabi Wabi Sabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relations, which offers a groundbreaking shift in perception, showing couples how to have a deeper, more loving, fulfilling relationship. And I'm so happy to have you today, Ariel. Be with us. Thank you. How are you? Doing really well. How about you? Great. Awesome. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, you know, you had such a, a neat transformation. You, you know, after you manifested your soulmate, you you wrote, wrote the Soulmate Secret, which is an international bestseller. And and how did that lead you to write your new book, Wabi Sabi Love? Oh well, what happened was uh, four years ago, I had a book come out called The Soulmate Secret: Manifest the Love of Your Life with the Law of Attraction, and it did really well. It ended up in 21 languages and 40 countries. And all of my married friends started saying to me, well, that's great that you wrote this book for singles on how to manifest love, but how do I turn my mate into my soulmate? And I started thinking about that and decided to reverse engineer my own 15-year marriage to figure out why we were doing so well, like what was really working for us. And I discovered that, you know, what was was happening was that we had instituted this little practice that we called Wabi Sabi Love. And it's a really easy way to shift things that are making you crazy about your partner, things that they're doing or saying, and turn them into things that you really love about them. So that's how the book came about. That is so cool. You know, my parents were married 65 years. Wow. I know. What was their secret? They... They, they love, well, besides really loving each other, they always, they always, you know, sat down and worked through it. Instead of like yelling and slamming the door and stomping out, you know, and going for the anger mode, 
they wa- walked through it together. They would hang in there together, and if they didn't agree with it, they'd work through it. And and it took a lot of patience, but you know, I never ever saw them argue. Uh, you know, at least in front of me as a child growing up, they really, to me, have were the perfect the perfect couple because they they just rolled with it. I mean, not saying they didn't have challenges, but you know how you talk about how perfectionism is harmful to healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't think they got into that nitpicking you know, mode that people get to on each other, you know. Mm. And that's really, you know, well, I think, don't you think that when people get into that perfectionism that they try to work out what they need to do on their inside on the other person? Yeah, I, I believe uh, there's no such thing as being perfect, and we've all been brainwashed by society to seek perfection in ourselves, our partners, our kids, our careers, you know, HGTV would want us to have our houses be perfect. And I think the word needs to be changed to pure fiction because <laughs> it's just not possible. And we end up being, you know, frustrated and upset going for something that we can't have. Right, right. And then you change that mindset, then you're a little, it's a little lighter and easier on each other, huh? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I love about wabi-sabi because wabi-sabi is an ancient Japanese aesthetic that seeks to find beauty and perfection in imperfection. So an easy way to think about it is imagine you had a big vase with a long crooked crack down the middle of it. The Japanese would take this this broken vase, they'd put it on a pedestal, and they would shine a spotlight on the crack. They would honor the crack as opposed to saying, oh, it's it's ugly or it's damaged. Because wabi-sabi honors all things that are old and worn imperfect and impermanent something that's new to us (laughs) that is so cool i have never heard that before i really i really like that because it's in another way of saying it is everything's a blessing so all the bad things are happening you can find the good in it exactly really great mindset so do do you think couples have to be compatible to sustain a long-term love you know, um, there's a, a, a really amazing guy named Dr. John Gottman. He's one of the world's leading researchers on marriage and relationships. And according to his research, every couple has nine irreconcilable differences. So when you talk about compatibility, that's, you know, it's good to have some compatibility, but none of us will ever have 100% compatibility. And a great relationship is really made up of a combination of things. You know, it's, it's chemistry, it's communication, it is compatibility. But probably one of the most important items that people often leave out is a shared vision for the future, that you want the same things, that you want to be doing a lot of the same things. Not that you have to have, you know, identical interests and hobbies, but that the general outlook and picture of the life that you want to create for yourself has enough similarities to hold you together. I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking about talking to you last night and thinking about how important, you know, my relationships have been and um, 30, 38 years with my husband before he went back to heaven. And um, in that in that experience, I, I really saw that having a single purpose really united us through a lot of the trivia things that the daily life would bring about that that really you know bonded us 
Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, I think this is why long distance relationships so often have a hard time working out, you know, because you need to be together. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so you're together all the time, you wake up, go to bed together, all that, and then, so the things come up, the daily lives come up, and so how how can couples diffuse those fights so they can grow closer instead of farther apart? Well, there's a, a couple of ways to answer that, but I would say that the first thing you want to do is not get reactive. You know, if something's happening and it's looking like it's going the wrong direction, you know, take a time out. Go get yourself centered. Go for a walk. Take a bath. Do some breathing. Get your emotional tools that you need, however, whatever you use. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to create World War III. But I'll give you some examples of, of how Wabi Sabi works in our relationship. So a um, couple years into our marriage, I found myself one day standing in front of Brian, and I had my left hand on my left hip, and my right index finger was wagging in front of his face, and I was carrying on about something. I don't remember what. Uh-huh. And I caught myself, and I was sort of appalled at my behavior. And I said to him, you know, um, the next time this happens, and unfortunately there's going to be a next time, could you just kindly, gently say to me, when did Sheila enter the room? Now, Sheila's my mother's name, and I love my mother. She's fabulous. She's the coolest person I know. Uh-huh. And she has a tendency to be a little overbearing and bossy, as do I. And Brian got it instantly. He said, yes, I'll do that. And the next time I get too patronizing, just say to me, oh, I see Wayne's here. That was his uh-huh. dad's name. Right. So very quickly, we came up with these wabi-sabi code names to put the brakes on bad behavior. And it made us laugh. And to this day, it still happens where every once in a while, he'll, Brian will just look at me and go, oh, I see Sheila's here. And I instantly start to laugh, and I get it. Nothing else needs to be said. We don't have to have a whole big fight about it. You know, but we've created right. these lighthearted, playful ways to shift something that could be headed in the wrong direction. That is so cool. So you basically just sort of, Almost go there, but you can just bounce right off, right? Yeah. They balance. Yeah, that because neither crazy. one of us wants to be exhibiting that behavior. We don't want to be engaged in an argument. You know, we do want to find ways to lighten things up and find solutions that are win-win without, you know, anybody having to compromise too deeply or be miserable right. about it. Right. Well, when you, you know, when you talk about couples wearing rose-colored glasses when it comes to seeing each other, how, do, how, do you, how does that play into there? Well, a couple of different ways. So here's some sad but true facts. Right now, 50% of all first marriages end in divorce. 67% of second marriages end in divorce, and a whopping 74% of third marriages end in divorce. Oh, boy. So, you know, modern-day society has conditioned us to look for and see perfection, which leads to this ongoing state of frustration and dissatisfaction. But when you're wearing rose-colored glasses, it changes everything. And there's actually been scientific research done at the University of Buffalo that shows that when we put on the rose-colored glasses, when we purposely idealize our partner, it leads to more happiness and satisfaction in the relationship because the happiest couples are looking for what's right 
not for what's wrong. They actually have another name for this. They call it the Pygmalion effect. And this is the effect where the phenomenon in which the greater the expectation placed upon someone, the better they perform. And you and I might just call it a self-fulfilling prophecy. So as mature adults where we get to choose our thoughts and beliefs, why wouldn't we intentionally intend and expect the best out of ourselves and our partners? Right. Right. So, okay, so then what happens if, you know, your partner does something that just drives you crazy and you've asked him, you know, 20 times, Not it's just one of those irritate. What do you do with that situation? Well, that happens all the time, you know. Yeah. That's always going on. Um, hmm. So let me tell you another story because it's an easier way to, to explain it. I have these friends named Ed and Deb. And Deb's this real kind of want to get it done, has a to-do list kind of woman. And Ed, he's this big teddy bear of a guy who likes to tell stupid, silly jokes and entertain people. So one day, Ed and Deb are at the bank. And they're standing in a long line waiting for a teller. And finally, a teller opens up. And Deb turns around to take Ed to the teller with her. And what's he doing? He's talking to this little girl standing behind him. And she hears him say to the little girl, what does the baby strawberry say to its, its mother? And the little girl looks up at him and says, I don't know. And Ed says, Mama, I'm in a jam. And the little girl starts to laugh and her mother starts to laugh. And Deb, she's like pissed off, dragging Ed over to the teller. They do their banking, they get done, they go outside, they cross the street, they go to the farmer's market because Deb wants to pick up a bunch of stuff to make lunch with. And she's over looking at the produce. She turns around to talk to Ed. Ed's gone. She goes looking for Ed. Where is he? He's sitting on the curb talking to a little boy, looks to be about nine years old, with a really sad look on his face. She walks over to them and she hears Ed say to the little boy, how does a camel hide in the desert? And the little boy looks up at Ed and says, I don't know. And Ed says, camouflage. <laughs> and the little boy cracks up laughing and the mother's laughing. And she's so grateful because she hasn't seen her kids smile all day. And Deb, well, Deb starts to cry. Why is she crying? Because for the first time in 20 years, she finally gets it. Ed is not telling these stupid, silly jokes to drive her crazy like she thought he was. He is telling these stupid, silly jokes because he wants to make people happy. And she fell in love with Ed all over again on that day. Wow. So that's a wabi-sabi love shift in perception. You take something that was driving you crazy and you make up a new story about it. Wow, that's really cool. So when you and your husband are there together and you, you're you in the wabi-sabi and you I love this. Now I get what, what that, I didn't really know what that meant. So now all of a sudden you have the vase, you see the crack. And so if let's say you perceive that together and then what do you, how do you shift? How do you Well, you actually don't do it together. This is oh. what's so great about it. You don't have, your partner doesn't even need to know, need to know what you're doing. Because if you think about it, you know, just let's just make up something. Let's say, say that your husband is always leaving wet towels on the bathroom floor, mm-hmm. okay? And you've been asking him for 36 years, please don't leave wet towels on the bathroom floor. 
<laughs> and nothing's ever changed. This just goes on and on and on. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. never going to change. It's not his problem. You're the one who doesn't like it. So right. what if you could make up a new story about it? Is that he's so interested in having clean towels that he wants to make sure that you know this is a dirty towel. You know, like what new fun story could you make up about it that would just have you see the towel and have you smile instead of scowl? And I'll tell you another story that explains this a little bit better. So I have these friends, Jerry and Diane. And Jerry has an addiction. And Jerry's addiction is poppy seed bagels. <laughs> and every day, Jerry wakes up, he goes in the kitchen, he grabs a bagel, he slices it in half, which sends hundreds of little black poppy seeds <laughs> all over Diane's white tile floor. Yeah. little while later, Diane gets up, she goes into the kitchen. Every morning, the first thing she does is she takes a paper towel, she wets it, she gets on her hands and knees, and she wipes up the little black poppy seeds. Now, most days it's not a problem for her, but on one particular day, she was really annoyed. She'd had a call with somebody, put her in a bad mood. She was cranky. And as she was wiping up the black poppy seeds, she had this thought, I wonder what it would take to never have to do this again, which was followed by the thought, oh, oh, that would mean Jerry's no longer with me. And she started to cry. And she got off the floor and she ran into Jerry's office to give him a big hug and tell Jerry how much she loved him. And from that day on, every morning as she wiped up the little black poppy seeds, her heart would be filled with love because those black poppy seeds now meant she had another day to spend with Jerry. Oh, that is so beautiful. You almost going to get me to cry. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what a wabi-sabi love shift in perception is. You take something that once made you crazy, make up a new story about it, and you go from being annoyed to enjoyed. That's awesome. And it may take some time to figure out the story, but it's worth figuring out. Oh, that's definitely, absolutely. For those of you that are joining us now, you're listening to us on Web Talk Radio, and the show is called Ready, Set, Retire. We have Ariel Ford. She's talking about wabi-sabi love. Ariel, tell everybody how they can reach out to you and get your great book. Oh, great. Well, um, the book's in bookstores and online everywhere, and I also have a free five-part video series. And you can go to wabisabilove.com forward slash gifts to get that and some free uh, downloadable other prizes and goodies. Uh, and wabisabi is W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I love.com forward slash gifts. And there's all kinds of free goodies there. Oh, cool. So, you know, you were, you were talking earlier in recommending kind of creating codes like you were talking about you know, reminding each other of your mom or dad who just came in the room. What other codes do you do you use with your husband? Well, I have these other friends, Barnett and Sandy, that used to have the same argument almost every day. Barnett's a screenwriter who works from home, and Sandy's a big corporate executive. They live in L.A., and she has an hour-long commute each way every day and then this very high-pressure job. So she'd get home like 7.30 at night, and she'd be all stressed out, complaining about her day. And Barnett would just look at her and say, but Sandy, did you meditate today? 
And then they'd get into this whole argument about how he had plenty of time to meditate because he was working from home, but she couldn't meditate while she was driving and she couldn't meditate while she was in meetings and on conference calls. And how did he expect her to meditate when her day was so filled and so busy? And, of course, he would say, but you wouldn't be so stressed out if you would find time to meditate. And night after night, week after week, month after month, they would have the same argument. Finally, one day, they were in the middle of this same argument when Sandy noticed something about Barnett. Whenever they were having this argument, he was standing with his right hand on his right hip, his right foot forward, and he had this particular physical stance. So rather than argue back... Sandy stood in front of him and just mimicked his physical stance. And the moment Barnett figured out what she was doing, he started to laugh. And then she started to laugh. And then they were on the floor laughing together. And pretty soon they were kissing and making up. And from that day on, that stance, and that's what they called it, the stance, Uh became the code to stop the fight, which never went anywhere anyway. Oh, that's cool. That's great. That is, you know, that that is... I really like that. that. So that's basically going from annoyed to enjoyed. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because we have a choice about this stuff. You know, we don't, so, ha- we don't have, have to engage. You know, we could just decide, you know what, this is, this is ridiculous. We have the same fight every day. Nothing's ever mm-hmm. going to change. Let's have some fun with it. <laughs> oh, I used to have the same one. He'd say to me, why don't you take five minutes out and just meditate and just pray and be still and you won't be so stressed. What do you mean so stressed? <laughs> exactly. So do you uh, think... Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, well, so will, will Wabi Sabi love work for every, everything and everyone? No, it doesn't work for everything. So here are the okay. things it doesn't work for. Okay. It doesn't work for bad behavior, addiction, or abuse. So if any of that's happening in your relationship, you need to get professional guidance because you cannot wabi-sabi your way out of addiction, abuse, or bad behavior. Yeah. So, so what kind of the, what kind of playful you know you, do you actually recommend these playful exercises for couples to restore their intimacy? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you another story about my friends John and Tracy. So John has this real jealousy issue. You know, if he hears Tracy on the phone talking to a man or sees her talking to a man at a party, you know, he just gets really jealous. Like the green monster just rears its ugly head, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, one day John, you know, saw Tracy at a party talking to a guy And he just thought, gosh, for once I want to react differently. What could I do? So he walked up to Tracy. He put his arm around her waist. He pulled her in tight. And with a really bad Italian accent, he said to her, my name is Luigi and you are my woman and you cannot talk to anybody else. You must come with me right now. I'm going to make mad, passionate love to you. And she started laughing, and he started laughing. And in that moment, he created this new sub-personality that could make jealousy fun and funny. And now he uses it all the time. Wow. So that, you know, that is one of the hugest green monsters I've ever experienced is that jealousy. I mean, within myself and within others. And, and if you can, it's almost like just laughing at the monster. Yes. Right? It, it takes all the power away from it. Yeah, he just, instead of resisting it, he empowered his jealousy. 
and he made it a funny guy. Like he, he said the way he sees Luigi is a guy with long, curly, greasy hair and wearing a white poet shirt with big sleeves. And he's just this, you know, um, you know, this aggressive guy who goes after his own wife and wants to, you know, completely consume her. And she loves it. She loves that kind of attention as opposed to him sulking and getting needy. He gets right. empowered and sexual. Yeah, that's great. That's cool. Well, you know, you talk about, you know, we have to learn to be personally responsible for our own happiness and our relationships. And in a way, it sort of seems counterintuitive, but in a way, it totally makes sense. Yes, personal responsibility is a big one. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story about Barack and Michelle Obama, because what people don't really know about them is 10 years ago, they nearly got divorced. In fact, Michelle had told her mother that she didn't think they were going to make it, and Barack had told his grandmother that Michelle was nagging him all the time, and they were really going through a rough patch. Well, one morning, Michelle woke up about 5 in the morning, and Barack was slightly snoring next to her, sound asleep, And all she could think about was how badly she wanted to go to the gym and work out. She she hadn't worked out in months. She was overworked, overtired. She had this big corporate job, two little girls to take care of, and she just wanted to go to the gym. But the mom side of her was feeling really guilty, like, you know, the girls are going to get up. They're going to need breakfast. I need to be here. Finally, she decided just, you know, listen, this guy was head of Harvard Law Review. He'll figure out how to feed the girls. So she goes to the gym, and as she's working out, she has this wabi-sabi moment, this epiphany, and she realizes that she's been waiting for Barack to make her happy and that what she needed to do was make herself happy. So when she got home, the girls were at the kitchen table with their dad eating cereal. He'd figured out breakfast, and she walked in. She announced to everybody, there are going to be new rules in the Obama household. And rule number one is I'm going to take my mother up on her offer to help me out with the girls and to do the grocery shopping and do some babysitting and drive them to school. I'm finally going to say yes to that. And Barack, rule number two, every night that you're in town, that you're not away, we're going to have family dinners together at 630. And rule number three, every Thursday night's going to be date night. And rule number four, every day is family day on Sunday, all day, no matter what. And by taking personal responsibility for what she wanted, what she needed, they now have this, you know, dreamy marriage. They're soulmates. They're in the White House. Grandma's right there with them. Mm -hmm. And she totally shifted the course of her marriage by being responsible for herself. That's great. What a great story. that's, that's, That's beautiful. So, for, for our listeners today, what's one thing that everybody could do, especially if you're annoyed with your partner, what, give, them a, give them a wabi-sabi solution. <laughs> well, really, the, the very first thing to understand is that we all want the same thing. We all want to be loved and cared for and appreciated for exactly who we are. You know, your partner doesn't wake up in the moment, you know, wake up in the morning thinking, oh, how can I drive Chris crazy today? What are the things I could do to really make her miserable? That's not what is happening. What's happening is that they're doing things that they either learned as a child that were acceptable and okay before, you know, or they just have a blind spot about it. And we're the one with the issue. We're the one who sees it as a problem. 
So why don't we figure out a way to be more generous and give them a break? Like, for instance, you know, I'm, I'm a slob when it comes to being in the kitchen. I leave crumbs everywhere. I leave coffee cups in the sink. You know, Brian used to complain to me about it all the time. And then yeah. finally he just said to me one day, because you know what? You're a slob in the kitchen. It's one of your blind spots. I'm the one who it bothers, so I'm just going to clean up after you. Wow. You know, and then he does stuff that, that doesn't make me all that happy. Right. But I just changed it. You know, he's always leaving yeah. the TV on really loud and then leaving the room. <laughs> this is why God invented remote controls. <laughs> I walk in the room, I turn off the TV. Because I asked him a thousand times, when you leave the room, could you turn it down or turn it off? Right. But that didn't work. So now what works is, as soon as I walk into a room, I pick up the remote, I turn it off. Oh. And that's what works. And yeah. it's so much easier. Yeah. And you're not stressed. I'm not stressed and he's not stressed. Yay. How cool. Well, you know, I, I, everybody that's listening, I want to make sure that you reach out to Ariel Ford and get her book. Ariel, tell, her, tell them about the goodies that they can get one more yeah, time. Yeah, so um, I've got a free five-part video series as well as two e-books that you can download for free. And you just need to go to my website. It's wabisabilove.com forward slash gifts. wabisabilove.com forward slash gifts. And you can get the book anywhere online or at bookstores. And, you know, every chapter has stories like the ones I've been telling today, as well as exercises on how to have a more wabi-sabi life right now. And I promise you this stuff really, really works. That's wonderful. And, and those of you that are listening, my name is Chris Miller, and I'm the author of the book Ready for Pretirement. And you can reach out to me at readyforpretirement.com. That's R-E-A-D-Y-F-O-R-P-R-E-T-I-R-E-M-E-N-T.com. I got a free article over there, The Three Myths of Financial Planning. And what I'm talking about is not just finances, but but you pre-retirement, plan retirement early, so your money, your health, and your peace of mind is there when you need it. Now with a little wabi-sabi, you will have a beautiful relationship and live peacefully and do good for everybody you meet. Um, Ariel gives everybody, maybe you could just give one more cherry on top before we conclude here. You know, um, I would say start to love what your partner loves. If there's something your partner has a big passion for, but you haven't shown a lot of interest in it, find something about it that's interesting so you can start to share the thing that's most important to them. All right. Well, this has been really some great tips, and I really look forward to it. It seems like we're just sort of getting into this. There's probably a lot more we can drill down to, and so we'll look forward to having you back again, Ariel. Thanks so much. for. All right. For thank you. By. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.